Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Okay, so welcome to episode 37 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK Radio Network at paukradio.com. So yeah, we're back after a break, and it's great to be back. Uh, I'm back with uh, two of my favourite, possibly my two favourite guests of all time, uh, (laughs) Ash and Greg from uh, Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast. Uh, I think it's about the third time we've had a chat on on my uh, my podcast. I think I've been on, on yours about two or three times. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's always great to catch up, guys. How are you? Yeah, yeah very great. well. Yeah, yeah, doing good. Thanks. Excellent. Busy, busy. Yeah, well, you've got some big news, haven't you? Which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on as soon as I could, because um, you're obviously, you know, in a lot of uh, a lot of people want to talk to you at the moment about your book that uh, that you'd both released, which was. Uh, real nice surprise when I saw it pop up on Facebook. I thought, wow, that looks, you know, it does look really interesting. I've had a quick look at it. Um, I must admit, I've skimmed it. I've not had a chance to read it properly yet, but I will do. Uh, but what I have read is really well put together, really interesting, and it covers massive uh area, doesn't it? It's, it's all about ghosts of the uh United States of America, which of course is a massive area, isn't it? So what was the idea behind it then? What 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 was the what was the motivation behind doing it? So I guess that kind of came from me. Um, we, this is going back probably two years now when we yeah. actually started this project because we, we were in the infancy of the podcast and we were doing one episode a week yeah. like we do. And even doing that is going to be difficult getting the time and I think yeah. just do one episode a week. And then we interviewed uh, Jerry Pauly from the Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast okay. uh, in America. And we were talking to him and his wife who do their podcast full time. And they do episodes every single day. And I was just like, how can you do episodes every day? It's just, that's just crazy. Yeah. And some of their episodes are kind of shorter. They have like full-length episodes over an hour. And you have short episodes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I personally, I like them length episodes. My drive to work is like 15 minutes. Yeah. But I like to put an episode on and it lasts the journey. Or maybe it's half an hour. Drive to work, listen to the first half, drive back. So I had the idea with Greg of creating our own kind of shorter episodes to accompany the main episode. So our main episodes every Tuesday is usually an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. I thought, let's do something that's a bit shorter, a shorter form episode and put out on a Saturday. So we sort of had the idea and I thought, what well, I was just thinking about what could we do to create like a series, like a, so each one's connected to each other. And I just started thinking, that, so we both like America and there's 50 states in America, one episode a week. That's a year's worth of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's pretty much how it came about. And we both had the idea of just basically each state, alphabetical order, one episode a week, and we alternate each week. So, spend the research and preparing for the episode is not too much work. So, the first episode, I, I would do the research, I would kind of lead the episode, and then Greg would research and lead the episode the week after. So, we were only actually doing sort of one episode every two weeks each, so we had to research and prepare for. It gave us that time to basically get this content together. So we just decided to, yeah, and that's how it came about. It's just having this 
weekly episode looking at like a a case or a series of cases in each state. Some well known and some never heard of before. Yeah. I do prefer to kind of try and do lesser known stories. Uh, and one of the feedback I actually had today off, off one of the um, purchases of the book was because they're quite into the paranormal and they watch all the shows and stuff. And they mentioned how they hadn't like heard these stories on their documentary to watch and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's why yeah. I like to do it. It's stuff that you've not heard before. But it's kind of hopefully there's like, something new in there for everyone because we cover a wide range of different um, stories that we'll go into. But that's yeah. kind of how it came about. Yeah, because it's quite easy to sort of recycle um the well-known stuff isn't it i mean i found that um you know writing the two books that i've written can i ask you about that then because obviously it's a collaboration so how did that work between you then actually writing the book so well we we actually took inspiration really from the episodes that we'd done um because initially it was going to be like almost like a companion bit so if you didn't want to watch the youtube videos because we've done it in a video format we've done it in a an audio format you could sort of read it. Yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of, essentially it became a big version of a small companion and it sort of grew to, like Ash said, there's 50, there's 50 chapters in it, which was 231 pages, something like 40,000 words. So we put a lot of, uh, of time into sort of just putting the information that we'd captured um, in the episodes but not necessarily word for word it was just okay we covered this so we'll research that for the book version mm. rather than necessarily the just scripting everything we uh, everything we um, read out mm. um, so yeah it, it was interesting and it was and then we obviously had to pull the photographs and do the artwork so we could yeah. Try and make it into something more consumable for people who weren't really into YouTube, didn't really have the time. Um, yeah, to... I mean, people still want to read a book, don't they? You know, I mean, there are still, you know, there's yeah. nothing better than, you know, going to bed and reading a book or sitting in front of the fire and reading a book. You know, people still do want to do that, mm -hmm. um, despite the fact that we're in this age now where everything's online. Um, I mean, so basically, you'd, you'd sort of, Greg, you'd write, the chapters then of the ones that you'd researched and asked you'd write no. the chapters. All oh, right, fact, okay, right. <laughs> that would have been been you, think so. you would you would you would have thought we'd have we'd have planned it a bit better to do that, but no, we literally cut it in half and said, right, I'll do the first 25 states. Okay. And you do and then we had a spreadsheet and we had like we knew who's doing what. We 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 sort of monitored how many words we we're doing. So each chapter's roughly the same length. And then we um, kind then of we... went through each other's well, Greg did the first yeah. 25, I did the second 25, and then we then went through each other's and then made edits and added things that yeah. like yeah. For ones like for ones that I had done the research for, see so anything I could add to it or yeah. different and just it was a good collaboration. Yeah, it worked, um, it did work well actually. Really doesn't but... surprise me that you were so organized because <laughs> it, cause, it surprises know. me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you seem to do, you know, right from from the from the podcast and um, everything that that you do always seems to be really well organised. So, um, you know, whereas I'm that, that's quite away from the truth sometimes. I'm desperately trying to find an email that I sent yesterday. Let alone <laughs> together. 
So if I put you on the spot then, and and I mean, you know, you, you're not going to be able to remember everything about every state, are you? But if I if I put you on the spot and said, you know, I don't know, New York State, for instance, um, or I don't know, um, South Dakota, you know, would would you be able to sort of pick a story out of the air, or have I completely just bamboozled you with the other states? <laughs> Uh, no, or I mean, you, or you pick a state then, if if you know. I mean, South Dakota. We talked about Deadwood, um, which was that's an old, why I asked, old yeah. town. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's 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 why I asked because uh, Deadwood actually is, is I think is one of the most brilliant series that's ever been on on TV. Um, and I know that that the town of Deadwood now relies heavily, obviously, on its history, but also the sort of paranormal aspect to it as well. So, so go on then. Tell me, tell me, tell me about Deadwood then. Uh, so it is it's a lit, literal ghost town. Uh, it's an old gold mining town uh, that came sort of came prosperous when all the gold came in. All the businesses come to town, and then once the gold dries up, they all go away and move on to the next town, which was very common throughout like sort of the Midwest yeah. uh, area of America. And I mean, I'm cheating. I've got the book in front of me, so I'm just finding the uh, I'm just finding the page. Oh, okay. I'm, sure I'm not feeding <laughs> that false information. Um, so we talk about a couple of hotels in Deadwood. One of them is the Bullock Hotel, uh, which was it was a brothel at one point, and that's got quite a few ghosts that that haunt that, including Seth Bullock himself. Uh, many guests report sort of all things happening, taps turning on and off, right? They're seeing apparitions all in the hotel. And there's the Fairmont Hotel uh, again, which is another brothel, which was very popular at the time. We had business earning money. And find some girls of the night, yeah. Um, and they've had the murders and suicides at the hotel. Uh, a working girl jumped out the window, it died there. There was a lot of death and tragedy like, associated with the building, which has then led to sort of hauntings and ghosts being yeah. seen to, to today, really. Yeah, well, it was a fairly lawless place, wasn't it? So, you know, yeah. there's gonna, gonna have been a lot of incidents over the years, aren't there? Where there's gonna be a lot of um. You know, a lot of emotional energy and a lot of a lot of residual emotional energy. So you would imagine then that, you know, that's that's the, the footprint in it. That's that's the time stamp, as it were, um, where you can have these sort of uh, different types of of hauntings. You know, your recurring ones, and also your, um, you know, your sort of more poltergeist type things. So, yeah, no, definitely. I just want to show the uh, the artwork for the book. Mm. No, it, it's, I mean, well, it, looks, it, it looks really impressive. Um, I think it's see that's something that people don't don't realise when you're putting a book together. And obviously, these days you can do it yourself on Amazon, as you've done and I've done. People don't realise just how uh, difficult it is actually to get everything together. You know, you haven't got a publisher behind you to do it. So, I mean, who came up with the artwork then? Whose idea was it for the front cover? Because I think it's really striking. Was it was it you, Greg? <laughs> yeah. So, so go on. Where's the inspiration for it then? Um, well, I, I just like I, I do the a lot of the artwork for the episodes as well. So I just I just think right, okay, US. We wanted um, for each chapter. Like Ash was like, oh, I've got an idea. Let's let's get a map of the United States and we'll just color it in each state. So essentially, that led to the cover of the book because that's the whole map that that features throughout. Then I found some ghost overlays and a few different overlays and, and a nice background. And 
and that was it and i just i ping it over to ash it's like yeah maybe we could do this this so backwards and forwards and then we uh we agree on it and we're all good it's pretty painless really we're Oh, it looks great. It looks brilliant. I mean, what what are your favourite states then? Um, start with you, Greg. What, what what's your favourite state? I've got two. Nevada. Okay. Obviously, I love Vegas, and it it would have been easy to do Area Fifty One, mm. but we didn't. We done um, the haunting of the Luxor Hotel in Vegas because okay. it's quite got quite a dark history when it was being built. Um, where essentially loads of people were dying <laughs> during the, the building of it. Um, I'll just call up some details. Oh. And basically, it's it's always had a reputation as being haunted anyway. Um, a lot of people, gamblers, if, if you've ever been into the Luxor, um, all the rooms are like around the outside and up up the pyramid because it's it's a pyramid shape and you can see the lobby from some of the the landings so people have chucked themselves off or been chucked off the landings themselves either during construction or during gambling um and essentially it was quite it was quite doomed from the start there was a lot of money issues it was cost cutting measures um which meant that the construction had loads of problems. It was built at half the cost of neighboring establishments like Mirage. So I don't know if you know Vegas. No, I'm not. Familiar. You've got, so you've got the Luxor's right down one end and you've got the Mirage Hotel next to it. Um, it was rushed. It, it looks really cool because it looks like a pyramid and at night it's got a bright blue sort of um, light that just shines up into the sky. So it's very easy to see from sort of miles around. Yeah. Um, but the problem is because they tried to rush it up and cut cut corners, lots of workers fell um, to their death. Um, some of them have been left uh, staying at the hotel forever, basically. Right. Uh, there's reports, eyewitness accounts, uh, speaking of paranormal activity within the walls, ghostly apparitions of construction workers, and a prevailing sense of bad luck mm. have become part and ingrained in the hotel's history um which is low, not good yeah. for a casino is it having a feeling no there's well, like i said there's fatal jumps the casino, isn't it obviously but not, for, mm. not oh yeah not yeah it's it's definitely great for for like a, a dark history and it appears on a lot of like dark history places because it's so tragic um so yeah people have had incidents or like i said earlier been pushed to their death so that that's my nevada one that's really cool and um utah was was one place that we had to cover for utah and that was skinwalker ranch um it's just a a cool place everybody knows about skinwalker ranch i think we would although we we tried to pick lesser known stories i think from a utah point of view skinwalker ranch is sort of like the ultimate thing in utah apart from to be in there yeah the church of uh, latter-day saints so and the mormons because the mormons are based in utah so um and they're not really on our kind of paranormal page so um yeah so skinwalker ranch was so they're my two favorites for definite is is there anything around the mormons then was was there any anything that you found around the mormons no 
just not really there probably is i i was just fixated on on skinwalker at that point <laughs> fair enough yeah no very interesting ash what about you mate what's your uh what's your favorite so for me it had to be in west virginia hmm. yeah, there's just so many different things or paths from gone down the folklore around so many different types of monsters and stuff like you got Flatwoods, um, Grafter Monster, all these different types of monsters, just so much folklore in the area. So I was like, it took me a while to decide which one to pick, which sort of one I wanted to do for the episode. Then one caught me out, which is something pretty different to probably anything else in the book, anything else we've sort of talked about, and that was an amusement park, the, the Lake Shawnee amusement park in West Virginia that just had a hell of a lot of tragedy there. Quite a few kids were killed uh, by accident on the rides and also just by one, one girl was hit by a truck while she was on a ride. Uh, in the swimming pool, a couple of kids was drowned in the swimming pool there. And it's also built on a Native American oh, right. okay. old bail ground. So the theme park was actually shut down after more kids have been tragically killed there. And then, Not good for business either, is it, really? No. 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 Um, and then so a guy bought it in the 80s and then to try and reopen it, try and get it up to back up to being a popular theme park. And then when they were doing some work there, they discovered the body of 13 kids buried underneath the ground, believed to date back to sort of Native American time. Right. Um, and it's been like just been the apparition of a Native American warrior you see him walking through the grounds. You hear after the death of the kids, you always heard like kids crying and shouting for the mum when they were down in the pool and stuff, but there's nobody there. Um, so there's all these different types of tragedies that happen there. So that one really caught me out. Something again, something a bit different. And uh, that maybe not people that have not heard of before. Yeah, I mean you think that the original owners, the people who built it, had, well, they'd obviously never seen poltergeist, had they? I mean it was probably it was yeah. Probably built built before uh, Poltergeist. I mean, when when was it built? Late nineteenth century was it? Early twentieth century? Uh, yeah, early twentieth. Yeah, right that sort of time, aren't they? Another one at Coney Islands around. I think that's early twentieth century, isn't it? So it's funny, isn't it? I mean, funfairs just just going off tangent a little bit. I mean, funfairs seem to they do seem to attract a sort of dark energy, don't they? It's quite it's quite odd. I mean, Blackpool Pleasure Beach has got. An awful lot of um, of stories attached to it, hasn't it? Of, of various different um, apparitions and entities, and and you know, I mean, the, the one that always makes me smile is that that you know there have been a lot of a lot of sightings in the actual ghost train ride <laughs> of um, a worker who you know similar story to what you've just been talking about, Ash, um, actually died during the construction of it, and so you know a lot of people have seen the apparition of, of this construction worker, so. It is strange, isn't it, how, how these sort of funfairs do seem to attract um, these dark energies or, or the you know, these these ghosts that that seem to have come to some sort of tragic end and, and seem attached to the places. It's, it is quite strange, isn't it? No, I think it might be to do the fact that um, these places, like a lot of places we talk about, have a lot of people coming through. There's a lot of human traffic going through these areas. And yeah. a lot when of you have a lot... A lot of human traffic, a lot, a lot of energy, and not all of it is good energy. And all it got, and everything. Yeah, that's it. And it's just like then trauma, 
when tragic events happen and it's just like a mix of just potentially like horribleness really yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah no it's interesting so the book is where's where, where is it available where can we where can we get it's it it's available on amazon if you search for paranormal united states which is the title it's the first result yeah um, it's available on amazon it's also available on our website see at the paranormal.co.uk forward slash shop and we can also do sign copies on through our shop because uh, we have a book board that we can send out if people want it to be signed by one of us um and yeah that, that that's it really uh, i just want to say the what was what i really enjoyed about writing the book was when we did the series for the podcast mm. i really enjoyed going through the stage trying to find these cases learning new things and then when we did the book like a year later revisiting all these states and these stories and just finding out more it's just it was it took us over a year to write the book mm. um, and that was after a year of doing the series on the podcast it's just really enjoyed just that side of it yeah yeah i open as well into how to write yeah i mean you do sort of wonder where the time goes don't you because it just it just goes so quick but no i mean i'm I'm sure you felt you know a great deal of self-satisfaction from from doing it you know because it is you know it's it's when people said to me you know what 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 have you what what's your claim to fame and i said well you know i've written a couple of books and they're on amazon people are like oh wow you know what sort of books are they and you know, once you've done that, um, you've it's there forever, really, until well, until you pull it from Amazon, obviously, because um, you've got complete control over it, which is yeah. which is good. You know, we've got publishers involved and that sort of thing. I mean, are there any plans for a follow up? Um, any ideas? Yeah, I can tell by the look on Ashley's face. <laughs> it's currently underway. We're currently doing so. All right. Well, are you going to keep it a secret, or <laughs> can you tell us what it's about? I don't think it'd be a surprise to anybody. Potentially, I don't okay. know. do you want to say, Ash? We could do a, like a world exclusive. We haven't even talked about it on the podcast yet. We've never really talked about it with each other. To oh, be oh, no, we haven't spill, really. Don't spill the beans on. Don't spill. <laughs> I, do, I just sent Ash a message the other day. That said, "I've done chapter one, <laughs> Andy, and I'm working in the photos." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> so oh, yeah, we. We started. Now you 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 do the world exclusive on your own. <laughs> Not ruin it by putting it on here. Let's have a chat then about um because cause you two guys, I mean it, I always find it quite interesting that you Ash are really into the UFO side of stuff and yeah. you Greg are really into the paranormal side of stuff. Um and we know that there is a crossover. I mean a lot of people, you know, I I do stuff on both sides of it but there is obviously a bit of a crossover between the two i think people are becoming more and more aware of that as as time goes on so from the ufo side of stuff i mean since the last time we spoke there's there's been a lot of things in the news hasn't there um especially from, from over the from over the pond so what what what's your take on what's been going on ash with with the ufo stuff and um you know what the u.s government's been saying and that so i mean we've had these hearings, I suppose the most recent thing is these hearings and the David Rush testimony uh, that he came forward with. And it's just, it's just been surreal to, to watch these, this, this Congress hearing and have Ryan Graves, David Traver and David Grush under oath talking about these experiences they've had, uh, these obviously filing the evidence and, and like the reports from the pilots I've seen the Tic Tac UFO side of it, and then you've got the Ryan Graves one from the East Coast. I've seen these cubes and spheres. 
and saying all this on the testimony, which has never been done before, oh. and the David Grush stuff, again, under, under oath, saying that he's seen or has provided evidence to closed, obviously can't announce in public, but provide evidence to the intelligence community oh. that there's crash retrievals happened of unknown crafts and there's been non-human biologics recovered out of these crafts. Mm. And to be saying, just to hear them words in this setting, mm. it's just been the most crazy thing. Like we did a two-hour episode like after that hearing, just digging in deep into each different section of it. And and the main key like the, the main key points of of it is non-human biologics recovered. It's kind of vague, but it's again the word in the discussion we've never heard before, mm. and also that people they and he's provided evidence that people within the intelligence community have been threatened, assaulted, even possibly murdered by higher ups covering up that they got this information. And to be saying that to Congress on the oath that they know this has been happening, like that just blows open the whole conspiracy, and it's just been a whirlwind couple of months. Mm. Uh, it's just been absolutely incredible to what's been coming out, what's been said, and further down the line, obviously more is going to be coming out. But it's just been mind blowing what's been happening. And it's, it's like it's a lot of justification for people like us that have spent years putting a lot of work and effort and talking about it, trying to get the information out there, have all this, and to have it all hit in the mainstream papers in a non jokey manner where they're actually reporting on it. Yeah, and on all news TV shows around the world, or reporting it as a proper news feature yeah, yeah. rather than like a and finally section. Sort of sensationalist bit of fun at the end of a of a yeah. broadcast, which is what a lot of them tend to be. Yeah, yeah it's been proper, like I say, proper news reporting on it, and in, even in the UK, they've had a lot of stuff front page as well about it. It's yeah. just, but what it's... will come of it would be interesting. But it's been been a, been a, a, a ride, a wild ride. Yeah, definitely, and I've I've managed to get into UFOs a lot more. Yeah, because um, it, it's interesting because they, they talked about David Grush a lot uh, and as being like this main whistleblower, and the two guys side by side with him uh, were referring a lot to him and sort of um, were sort of saying like referring stuff to David Grush, saying that you need to listen to him. Mm. But I didn't realize I knew. David Favor, Commander Favor, he's the guy that spotted the the Tic Tac UFO. Mm. He, they they were talking on another podcast about his credentials, and they were saying that it's like the Black Aces are the they're like the top fighter pilot squadron in the world, well America, but in the world, and um, David Favor is like the commander of this fleet, so he's like um, Tom Cruise in top gun he's that level in the new top gun top gun maverick he's like this top top fighter pilot probably the best in the world david Faber is that guy in real life so if i'd have him alongside david grush as well just saying we we can't even imagine being getting able to be getting close to these these objects they can outperform anything we've got and for him to say that as well, and he's one of the guys in the planes, mm. is phenomenal. So I think the interesting thing for me is, is you know, what what Ash was saying about the the biological aspect of it. You know, I mean, that opens up 
a whole discussion, doesn't it, about what they found of the found live ones, were they dead in crashes, what sort of um I mean, what are they talking about? And and you know, if 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 it does I mean well, I mean basically a statement like that just changes everything. If if you believe what they're saying, then obviously that then proves that there is life outside of Earth, which is a massive thing. You know, I mean it's got religious ramifications, it's got social ramifications um and and the way that we are at the moment in the world i mean we are teetering on the brink of, of either climate disaster or, or something equally as bad that's man-made i mean are we really ready do you think for somebody to actually put up a photograph and go look there you are that's a photograph of an alien that, that crash landed in nevada um you know and and was that well was either dead or alive it doesn't really matter either way it's still well just say alien obviously but um you know it's still proof that there is there is alien life out there and it, it that would change everything wouldn't it that would absolutely change everything it would and i mean they we kind of this is like the whole disclosure thing sort of it's been on like everyone's like tip of the tongue for the last 30 40 years plus uh, but nothing's really of it but it seems now past couple of years especially there seems to be like a, a sea change where we're actually getting stuff from from the government and from these high level intelligence officers what, what do you think the motivation behind that is then what's what what's the sort of you know word in the community about the motivation i mean there's a lot there's lots of different theories a lot of people still go behind the disinformation aspect saying they're purposely leaking certain things to put through certain people and then discrediting them people so that it then so you think it's like oh we gave me one hand but then taking it away with another so kind of settles people for a little bit so it's like oh we're giving you something so we're trying to leave it alone and then we give you a little bit more trying to keep everyone quiet but there's a lot of pressure from within and outside the government i think the more people are just waking up like when the with the hearings i was blown away by the questioning by the types of questions and the wording coming from the like the representatives and they either A, know about this stuff and have an interest, which is one story, or two, they've obviously been given the questions to ask. But just the whole wording, how serious they take it, they've clearly done either their own research or have people do that research for them to come out with these types of questions. So some of the questions, I was sat there, I used to watch the whole thing, it was three hours long, whatever it was, watching it live. Mm. I was just like open mouth, like, oh my God. And I was like, and some of the answers, I was like, Fist pump in the air. I was like, go on, gosh, it's just absolutely incredible. And that's just to back that up. Ash was sending me messages. I was at work and I'd get a notification on Messenger just saying, oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> it was. And like I say, what the, 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 the end plan is, whether it is just because they're getting a lot of pressure from both inside and outside the uh, government. Uh, the leaks were happening all the time, quite a lot. Like the did that video and that initially was leaked. It took him three years to actually say, yeah, that's our video. Um, more whistleblowers coming forward. We've now got this whistleblower protection that's coming in place to help people come out more to give us information. So I think some of it could be maybe have to give information because they're sort of controlling how it gets released because they know it's going to come out anyway. So maybe they're trying to take that control of the release of information, it's going to come out eventually, so let's do it our way, rather than just saying nothing like they have done for decades and then just other people leaking it. 
So how is it being um, received by other governments, do you think? Because I believe that our own government has had files on this sort of thing for years. Um, and it's obviously, you know, top secret, um, classified information that, that you wouldn't get hold of um, normally, obviously, if, if you want something that, you know, there's a certain length of time, isn't there? Is it 35 years or 40 years or something? And then you can put an FOI request in a freedom of information request. But with something like this, it's so high level top secret that it would never get released. So I'm just wondering what what the what the thoughts are in in other governments um, about you know these revelations because as you know as as you said I mean they are they are significant aren't they in in what they're saying? Yeah, I mean it's in, speaking from kind of UK side side point, they still talk about we have no information, we don't think it's a threat, we don't have anything that sort of deals with this. But then you've got both legislation that came through the NDAA, which says we share information with our allies. We work with our allies, which I think the biggest ally of the US is us. Surely that includes us. And then you've got with, with Grush and other whistleblowers and documents saying that there have been meetings with like the Five Eyes, which is us, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, where they have had meetings talking about this stuff. So one hand, UK and other governments saying, no, we don't do anything with this. But then the documents and legislation saying that, yeah, actually you do. So I think, again, it's only going to be a matter of time before the UK kind of has to give into that pressure and say, oh, actually, yeah, we have been uh, privy to this information or privy to some, some of it at least, or been involved in some meetings. Because it's, it is a threat. They treat it as a threat. That's why they have these programmes identify it and figure out what, what it is they can't identify it but surely even just being part of nato it's all the same airspace we all, they all work together surely if they're trying to figure something out they will enlist the help of other countries mm. you, you think there's no way that they wouldn't no and i think it will just be a matter of time before we do find out that we have been all this time and of course, there are other governments that are a lot more secretive, aren't there? So, you know, the Russian government, the um, Chinese government, you know, I mean, there's 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 information to suggest that they've got equally as as high number of um, of sightings and and you know from their military um, as well. And I believe that there's been a, a a massive increase in sightings of unidentified craft that behave in a way that you would expect a UAP to behave um, around um the conflict zones in in the ukraine um which i think is interesting i don't know what what your thoughts are on that you know. there's a lot of videos come out recently around baghdad and mosul there was um a mosul orb video that or photograph sorry that had been put out purporting to show a sphere going over mosul um it didn't allow to me but it wasn't until about a month later that I looked at it again and said, oh, I can see what they're saying now, that it's a sphere, just like a hole in the ground or something to me. But, yeah. but then they've released a few frames of video where they've got spherical objects going over um, military, uh, militarised zones around the world, which is quite insane. And video footage of, of that from military craft or military observers or drones or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So it's that in itself is quite quite weird because 
that kind of technology, if it was a foreign adversary had that that kind of tech, um, you would assume they would be using it for their advantage in the battlefield. Oh, and bearing in mind the kind of people that in the current Ukraine conflict, people like Putin and, and Russia, oh. uh, even the Wagner group or whoever you believe is fighting, if they had technology that could outstrip anything that the US have got, they would be flaunting it. They would be, I can't see why they wouldn't be using it. No, um, no it's, a, it's a very good point, that. Very good yeah, point. Why, why wouldn't you be using it in uh, like the, the battlefield of war? Yeah. When I mean, you've it's, got, it's, it's just, but then they're showing objects going across in like, infra, like an infrared uh, on a flare um, camera, like multiple uh, photographs. And it's showing stuff that would normally show white as hot, and there's no white going mm. behind it. What appears to be like um, a pan of waves or whatever behind this object. Not so, your sort of propulsion system, in other words. Yeah. So there's there's no means of propulsion yeah. that is giving off any kind of heat signature, for mm. example, and that that is quite insane i think if if a foreign adversary had that like i mentioned they'd be using it why why wouldn't you of course you yeah. you, you would dominate and if you had that sort of propulsion system as well you'd be you'd be landing on the moon and and yeah strip mining yeah. it wouldn't you which is yeah of course you would you know, a lot of these countries are looking at now i mean yeah you know, it was quite I found it quite amusing, and hopefully, I'm not I'm not going to get shot by some KGB officer for saying this, but I did find it quite amusing that, that the Russian lander had a, had a bit of a bumpy landing. Um, but I mean, and not... the guy the guy who designed it suddenly had a medical incident shortly after it I went. Mean, did he fall out of a window by any chance? Quite possibly. Yeah. It was it wasn't the the fall that that killed him. It was the ground. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, the ground. <laughs> too fast it's funny actually i was um i was just saying to ash before we we went on uh went on to record um i went to cuba on my holidays um oh, earlier see. very nice um it, it, well yeah it depends which way you look at it um <laughs> it was I, I don't think the write-up of the food was that great from no, your, it your was. no, no, no. <laughs> so... but, but there was there was quite a lot of tourists from russia and i was convinced I was utterly convinced that I was being tailed by an FSB agent for the first week I was there because everywhere I went, this guy's face was there. Breakfast, at the pool, on the on the beach, um, at the bar in the evening, when I went to the toilet, this guy was there. And he, and he looked, strangely enough, I actually nicknamed him the Russian Daniel Craig because he looked <laughs> like Daniel Craig, but he was Russian. This guy was everywhere, everywhere I went. So there were either lots of clones of him, <laughs> and he had like, you know, about three or four brothers that all looked the same, that were all on holiday with him. Or, you know, he just happened to be, but it was the weirdest thing. It really was the weirdest thing. <laughs> I was getting really paranoid. My wife, Sarah, was laughing her head off. She thought it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was quite interesting. But but no, I mean, do you, do you think there's going to be any further fallout from this? Engine? This is just the tip of the iceberg, or or do you think we're now going to be just be sat on this for the next few years, like we do seem to do with with a lot of these revelations? I think more is going to come out. I mean, so much has been coming out. Where you think surely we can't just keep having this information because you can go for years with nothing. And the last couple of years has just been. Bit after bit after bit after bit, and I think that will that will continue. 
yeah. there's a lot more people interested now. There's a lot more people within the house in America that's interested. Mm. And they're going to keep keep pushing it. I think that we're going to see more hearings possibly before the end of the year, uh, if not next year. We've got the new legislation coming in, which is going to have more, yeah, more, I mean, basically what, more things coming through. What, what's always surprised me, though, or what's always made me think, is the fact that we know that, that you know, the presidents are briefed, aren't they? American presidents are briefed. And I'm sure it's the same, you know, in this country. I'm sure the prime minister's briefed, you know, the moment that he, he, he the new prime minister walks through the door of number 10. I'm sure, you know, the head of the cabinet office sits him down and says, right, Sir Keir, hopefully next time, um, we've got something <laughs> to tell you about aliens, you know. Um, now, that, now, when you look at, at, at the American presidents we've had of late, um, I mean, there's one that really can't keep his mouth shut. I am, I'm just surprised that from that had such a high level involvement. I mean, you know, the, the presidents know, don't they? They've been briefed. Um, and, and some of them have let it slip, you know, that, that they do get briefed. They do get told about aliens and UFOs and, and they do exist. And th there's sort of like been the odd little um, slip from, from ex-presidents who've said that. I think Bill Clinton let something slip, didn't he, that, that they used to get regularly briefed on these sort of things and, and that, you know, the information that they had would never get out into the public because it was so spectacular in in you know in what they had it made, it made um area 50 area 51 look like child's play compared to to what you know what they've what they've found recently um so I, I do find it i do find it strange that it something's never been leaked like this before having said that i think it's great that it's now come out and they're taking it so seriously um and i mean who knows you know the, there may well be more revelations to come i mean JF, there's conspiracy, conspiracy theory around JFK that he was killed because he was about to re release some stuff that he'd been told. Yeah. Um, I think Barack Obama also spoke about it a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think with cause going back to sort of what David Bush was saying in the Congress hearings, was that there's these projects, this black budget groups that don't have any oversight, which mm. is kind of above the sort of house representatives which where no program should be because all any so any money that gets spent has to have an oversight committee that says yeah we can spend this money or we can't whereas these projects these secret projects don't have that oversight that's technically illegal and that's why and he's provided evidence and he said that he can name people and the locations names of projects and that he's provided all this to the inspector general and like so and some of this stuff you gotta think do because presidents can sometimes only last for four years. Uh, um so do they get told everything? Because yeah. all these these are only temporary, where some of the people within the government are there for decades and decades yeah, overseeing yeah. this stuff, whereas they are presidents are temporary for four years, eight years. Um, so do they get told everything or do they keep the the really juicy stuff. The really juicy stuff. Yeah. Like, the, 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 like I say, the previous president, people sure wouldn't he'd be on Twitter straight away. I think yeah. if he uh, had that information. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, because because he, he doesn't have a filter, does he? So <laughs> you know. He'd be bragging over little rocket man that he's got the he got these stuff. <laughs> you can just see you can just see the uh, He might be he might be he might be tweeting from from uh, the state penitentiary at this rate. Um, 
No, it is. It's interesting, and it's something that that you know, if if um, if there's any further disclosure, then I'll be I'll be banging on on your uh, banging on your door to come on again and have a chat about it because I do I do find it really interesting. It's uh, it's fascinating. Have we had any um, any sort of sightings recently um, in the UK that's that are noteworthy that you've heard of or have been reported? Uh, nothing super noteworthy. Um... There's a couple last year. I mean, we still maintain the database. We have the biggest database in the UK of current day sightings. Not going to lie, that is, we are behind a little bit just because we've been working on book and other projects, uh, which we can, which I'll go into in a minute. Um, <laughs> but but you last year. You don't have to announce money in, or you can keep it for your own podcast. <laughs> uh, but I mean, last year, I mean, we, we had. Sightings were up last year. There was 497 reported sightings in the UK wow. in 2022. Wow. Uh, and Greater Manchester was the most popular area. Was it? Ah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, last year, just beating like the southwest. Yeah. Um, yeah, southeast, sorry, not the south. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, is, and is it because it's more populated, do you think, that, that there's more people looking up at the sky? Uh, well, there's a reason because the, the, we do all the data each year. We publish our annual report and we look at the data. We look at where sightings were the most popular places for sightings. Yeah. And like Great Manchester comes up um, on the northwest because obviously northwest Liverpool, Manchester, Preston Bay quite tightly populated. Yeah. Areas and again with the southeast around Kent and then places where again very densely densely populated high population. Yeah. But yeah. as part of the annual report, we have we have a formula. Which works out a rate of sighting based on population density and sort of number of sightings. So it works out basically, and the, the so it works out number of sightings per two hundred fifty thousand capita. Okay. Um. So start taking into consideration population density. So it kind of takes that out of the equation. Right. Um. And then we see in the annual report we have two two leaderboards. We have sheer number of sightings in one column in like a table. That's got northwest at the top and, and the southeast up there. Yeah. And then we have the column next to it, which is rate of sighting, which takes population density out of the equation. Because you have more people, like say, more yeah. more people just to report it. Mm. And then the table, you can see how the table changes. Yeah. Um, so I think the I think the southwest jumps up quite a bit and the northeast jumps up quite a bit because they're less densely populated. Yeah. On a comparable basis, they are who have more sightings. Based on population, oh. so all the, all the information with it, how the ways of explaining it, but yeah. So we, we look at that in the in the each year we have our report looking at the previous year's data. So is that available on your website for people to just go and have a look? Yeah, that's on ufoidentify.co.uk. I've got the past three years uh, annual reports in there. You can like 18, 19 pages with full graphs and stats and charts and stuff. And just so does it? Does it tend to be urban areas then that, that are seeing more? I mean, when, when, when you take the population equation out of it as well, would you say it's more um, urban areas or more rural areas then that are seeing these these sites? It, it kind of just stayed to be more um, urban areas. Um, I think I mean, Scotland always seems to have a high number of sightings as well. And that can be quite obviously spread out across Scotland. There's not that many big cities, but once you get past sort of Glasgow and your Aberdeen, it's not really there's enough there. much. We do, we do get quite a lot of sightings from 
like Butte and Argyle up that way. All right, okay. Um, but then there's correlating with that is there's a number of military bases out in Scotland. There are, yeah, yeah. Um, especially around that way, and whether that's what's been seen because people in these rural areas are seeing strange or unusual craft mm. that's been reported as as UFOs. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll just try to bring up the uh, other nice. email. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, it's interesting. Because, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there are certain areas. I mean, we're, we're obviously quite um, familiar with the Northwest, um, or I'm quite familiar with the Northwest. And obviously, areas such as, um, you know, Winter Hill and Pendle, Pendle Hill, as well, has had a lot of sightings over the years. It's gone, it's actually, I've not heard much recently. It's gone, it's gone fairly quiet um around here um i'm hoping to speak to to a couple of local uh, ufo guys again shortly so um they might be able to correct me on that but i've not heard of anything recently um but i mean the northwest certainly seems to be a bit of a hub um and, and obviously the northeast as well uh the northeast coast is uh is fairly active as well so it's just interesting the the spread isn't it the the um, you know, the sort of hot spots really, I think, is, is is what I was trying to get at, if there are any hot spots. I mean, because I was looking at, on now we have a, like a year by year mm. breakdown, and the Northwest, yeah, every year, very sort of similar high numbers, as does Yorkshire, but again, quite dense populated with some big cities, especially all clumped together. Yeah. Um, and there's Northwest, Southeast, Northwest, Yorkshire, Scotland, so they tend to be the, the places, and kind of talking about rural versus urban. Mm. So the southwest, which I think includes Cornwall, Devon, quite open. Yeah, like, like uh, lots of countryside. Bodmin and Exmoor and places like that, yeah. Yeah, so they, on the rate of sighting, they're actually top. If you take the sort of population out of it, they are they do top the, the table for the most amount of sightings. That's interesting because they're not. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been down there and I stayed uh, very close to Bodmin Moor, and um, it was last year when we had the the heat wave during the summer, unlike this summer, obviously. Um, but there were very clear skies and it was so black, there was no light pollution at all, um, and you could literally see everything. And I noticed. I mean, I'd I'd be led out, you know, on a on a deck chair. At, one o'clock in the morning with you know something fermented to drink looking up at the sky and the number of, of shooting stars and the number of what were quite obviously satellites but if you didn't know you would think it could be something else because the sky was so dark and there was there was no light pollution whatsoever so you could see absolutely everything um and i suppose you know you, you could you could see things that that you could mistake as something you know, UAP. Uh, I'm not saying that, that that's what's happened with all of them, but there's a possibility because because the, the, the sky's that dark, you can see absolutely everything. And there's a lot of stuff goes on up there that that you wouldn't necessarily see in a sort of city because of because of the light pollution. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sort of on that point, the uh, one area of the UK which always comes in pretty low on both tables is London. Mm. They were second bottom in just number of reports made altogether, considering how many people live in London and, and the Greater London area. Yeah, yeah. They were second bottom in number of reports, and they were dead bottom in the rate of sightings report. Right. And whether that's just because London people are busy, no one at 
Obviously, got light pollution is probably the worst place people in the UK for light pollution. People avoid really. us too busy. Yeah. Um, London's a very busy. I don't like London. Everyone's in a rush. Everyone's. I, I just had a. I just had three days down there last week, and I can I can concur that it is ridiculously busy. And ridiculously expensive. Yeah. <laughs> to annoy the light, mate. It was a bit of a shock to me wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's interesting actually, because yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think probably light pollution plays a a big um, a big factor in that. Um, you know, because it's it's such a large urban area. But then, you know, if you're getting a lot of sightings from sort of Greater Manchester again, I mean, Manchester's a big conurbation. You've got a lot of light pollution there, so it doesn't necessarily explain it, does it? Maybe it's just people are people are different and and as you say they're more busy and and they don't have that inclination to stand there and look up at the sky i mean if you just stand there and look up at the sky you'll get bulldozed by god knows how many thousands of people walking over the top of you wouldn't you in london because it's that you know it's that busy so um so yeah it's interesting what about the paranormal side then greg is, is there anything been interesting have you done any interesting investigation since we last spoke yeah we've so me and ash just a couple of weekends ago, we we had like a weekend full of, of paranormal investigations. So we went out um, with one of the guests on our show, or a regular contributor now to our show, Michael, um, and some of his friends to the Museum of Haunted Artifacts in Stoke-on-Trent. Okay. I think that's the name, the name of the place. And, um, yeah, we... Uh, very interesting place that so that started off our weekend and we were getting a lot of sort of sound anomalies sort of banging footsteps in what essentially is a uh, a museum of all these weird artifacts they got ed and lorraine warren sort of bits and pieces of paraphernalia they've got the front door from 30 east drive right. in in the room they're like haunted dolls they all sorts of things and then on the first floor they got low like um swords that have been used in beheadings and executions and loads of just like death masks um it was an alistair crowley death mask or something like that um there was it's interesting oh no, that, that was a mo my my haunted hotel i think actually i was going to say it's interesting how how objects can can hold on to this sort of energy in there. I mean, I'm I'm really interested in in haunted objects per se, um, mainly because I've got a piano downstairs that we've talked about that's <laughs> a little bit on the old side, to put it that <laughs> still continues to be that. But I won't talk about that on my podcast. I'm more interested in what you can tell me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there the, are. The, the, I mean, dolls, for instance, I, I think a lot of people get creeped out by dolls, don't they? And, and mm. haunted dolls, especially, there is something particularly, particularly unnerving, I think. So, yeah, there's, so there was there was haunted dolls at Stoke and like the normal sort of like weird looking clowns and, and such like. Yeah. Um, clowns. And that, that place was really weird. Like all the artifacts were um, <laughs> like you got body bags for in this asylum area. And yeah, it was uh, like used body bags has a mortuary table like a slab metal slab um just like the weirdest stuff you could you could go into and and it it gave good results for us it was it was a really interesting night we tried to debunk a lot of the sounds um 
so that yeah that that the video of that is actually up on uh, on my girl's youtube channel paramike so that's that's worth checking out because it is a good video anyway yeah. about what what happened that night um and then we a couple of days later we went to my haunted hotel in chester i've heard which, of it twice, yeah. yeah so we were super excited to go there because we've we've spoken to one of the guys who runs the like the, the paranormal side of of what essentially is a, a normal pub mm. um uh, danny moss so he's been from haunted hunts and other um like amazon prime channels and shows and whatnot that they've done and so we, we've been chatting to him for a long time on the podcast multiple times we've been talking about stuff and um yeah he um he said about doing a podcast up there so we went up there and we were fortunate we got a load of footage we and it was it's a place that everybody seems to go to and everybody talks about it afterwards it's it delivers and some of the stuff that we we've captured um knockings on command um like and then we'd say can you can you just do that again for us just to confirm you did it bam straight away then there was other like tapping noises knocks at the window clear knocks at the window when knock there was on the door was one of the most knock on the door um crazy yeah. enough for me because it's literally you're in this room and door just a couple of feet to my left and just two Close day knocks on, on the door. And what with, what with my hotel, you have, I think there's 26 cameras covering every room, every corridor. And when you're doing investigations in the rooms, the, the team that run it are in their control room. They, they watch all the cameras. And you have radio connection with them. So we've got on the radio and said, someone just knocked on our door. Can you just check, check the footage? So he's like, okay, give us a couple of minutes. I'll have a look. Five minutes later, he comes up with his phone to show us the footage. It's got us in the room. The room next to us was empty. On the and we've shown us the footage. The, the corridor outside our room's empty. You can see our door. And players there on the footage. Two loud knocks on, on the door. It's like there's just nothing that could have explained someone yeah. knocking on the door when there's nobody outside the door. And that was just one of the sort of evidence that we captured. And we, there was quite a lot that we got through the night. It's just oh yeah. Absolutely insane night. Yeah, right from the moment we got there pretty much from we moved out of our sort of the room we were we like was our sort of like base room um yeah it was just every time we moved to a different area there's like a, a massive oak table in the brothel area which is like just off the bar mm. and i mean i was sat at one end of it i didn't hear or feel anything and it was ash and the person that was with us was um all of a sudden i there was this bang on the table and the table moved and those two were like you just moved did you just did the table move and i'm i'm like nope <laughs> and they're like did you move it with your foot because that's what they thought i might kick the table yeah. but it's such a big table and i was sort of sat there in this throne at the end obviously <laughs> and, but there was no i had a, a massive gap before there was a table leg so i would have had it would have been visible that i'd have yeah, I've had to push my leg forward, yeah. and the clearest day we we've got the video. Um, we need to put that up on the on our channel. Actually, it's been on um, my haunted hotel sort of like um, paywall featured programming, and clearest day that the table bangs from underneath 
you can see Amlin and the camera, Ash's camera's on the end and it just shakes, like shudders where it whacks up. It's, and this table's huge. <laughs> it's not a small table. Wow. Um, so that was one of the, the many, many highlights that night. It was just it was just a great night. And like Ash said, where you can ring, like get on a walkie-talkie and instantly validate or debunk what, what's just happened. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't uh, replay it on the cameras or whatever. Or yeah. back to it. Yeah, that's interesting. That yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were time stamping stuff and everything. It yeah, was, yeah, it yeah. I've heard all sorts of stuff about the place. So, mm. um, yeah, I've had plenty of plenty of people have said you really must go and uh, and check it out. So, so yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, how's the podcast doing? Because that's where this empire started, isn't it? Um, I hope you've not neglected it. <laughs> No, far from it. With all, far from with it. all your other stuff that you've been doing. As you'll know, it consumes everything. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. trying to trying to get guests yeah. um, is, is a is a challenge in itself. That is half the battle. We're yeah. fortunate enough that um we've got a lot of people that we know now from the community, we the both UFO and paranormal that we've been speaking to for a long time and, and organically we get uh, emails from people asking if they can come on and chat about a book, whether they can come on and talk about their experiences, or we reach out to somebody and say, well, I've seen your story online, do you want to come and have a chat to us? And we're very fortunate that people are quite open for that now, um, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so it's still a challenge, and as you know, it's, it's an almighty challenge. But we're still pumping out at least one episode a week, uh, mainly it's normally two. About where... I've never we've not missed two for. No, we haven't actually, and we haven't missed an episode, at least one episode a week. We have not missed for nearly coming up three years now. Yeah, that's just... really some going because. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a passion for it, don't you? And you have to have an enjoyment while you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you any outside factors can can really sort of. Um, you know, influence how you feel about about doing this sort of stuff. Because you're right, it is all consuming. But you know, it's great that that you've you're in a position now where people wanting to come on on the show. Um, yeah. you know, and are, are actively seeking you out, which I suppose helps a little bit, doesn't it? You know, when you get in, yeah, it's, it's still trying to tie up the times. We get a lot of people contacting us from America, yeah, and trying to tie up the times and. Difficult. Yeah. yeah, and with daylight savings over there. and We missed some... one of your last week. <laughs> we missed one of your last week, yeah. Greg got the Basically, time I was an hour wrong. Were you, were you an hour out? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was an hour behind. The guy messaged me and said, we're just about to go on. Are you going to join us? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it, it, is, it is a challenge at times. Uh, and then all the social media and then trying to reply to everybody or not. Like I get Twitter notifications all the time and I don't even know what's going on half the time on Twitter. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I get notifications and I'm like, I'll try, I'll try and keep up on it. I'll try and keep up on it. And then... And write the book. And write the book. And write the book. And your secret... Uh, We've got a couple of secret things coming up, actually. So. As well, so. Yeah, we've, we've been trying to tease. <laughs> we, we put a teaser picture up Yeah, about a week ago of... A forest basically okay. um with a question mark and well, that let's, is let's leave it to people's imagination then alice well, uh, well we could we could probably say what not what it is or anything okay but 
but world exclusive after after september the 1st we will know exactly what it is that we've got if that makes sense okay it probably doesn't make sense in my head i know it doesn't make sense to me however no so on on september the 1st we're doing something okay and the 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 outcome of that project will start to to come to fruition and you'll see it not just from us i imagine in let's just say that much Ooh, that's that's, well, that's good enough and that's yeah, absolutely well no that's, that's definitely wet. and that, that we've not told anybody no. any that's the closest we've come to telling anybody Excellent. so no, thank you no that's really <laughs> that's really piqued me interest now i'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, it's, and it's something different for people who are involved in it with us so oh, excellent well we'll definitely keep an eye out for that then um yeah so apart from pursuit of the paranormal podcast just remind me again of your websites. So uh, UFO side of stuff, we are ufoidentified.co.uk. We have the biggest database of current day UFO reports in the UK. And we recently, uh, last weekend, well, we thought the initial middle of August, we were in the Daily Mirror. Oh, right. Basically, there's an interactive map that the Mirror, we were working with the Mirror for months. Right. And this map put together, and it's an interactive map. You put in your postcode, it tell you reports in your area, and you can click and all this stuff and okay. all the UK and then that was pushed out to all the local reach sites or the live seven live whatever live mm. out to all them resource sites so we had a massive lot of media interest when that was released um, yeah yeah one thing I can tell you about um as well as this book paranormal United States I've been working on my own book for the past nine or ten months okay um, and that is based around UFO reports in the UK in the last well since 2020 right and that's going to be released in mid-september that's going to be over 100 ufo reports that have been made in the uk since 2020 and that haven't been released anywhere else so it's like exclusive ufo reports excellent and the load of data to go with that so that'll be my next book brilliant we'll be out in a in a couple of weeks which i've been working on how do you find time to live i don't even know we both have full-time jobs well exactly i don't even know how yeah, no, brilliant. So, have, have you got a title for that, or has, have you yet to decide? Um, yet to decide. I think if one I'm thinking of is just UFO identified um, the reports 2020 to 2022. Okay, it's basically three years worth of sightings made in the UK. And is that going to be released again through Amazon, or yeah, that would be yeah, self-published through through Amazon. Amazon. I've learned a lot doing this first bucket say. Well, very complicated. And you upload the manuscript, and then when you look at the preview, it's nothing like you thought. Oh, you have to go tell back me about and edit it. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. It's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you just think, bugger it. I'll just put it out as it is, even if it's spread over two pages. No, the um, the people who who've never tried it, the the, the Kindle publishing uh, app that that they use is 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 a little bit tetchy, isn't it? To put it mildly, um, it's not the easiest thing to manipulate. So. Uh, so no, good luck with that. I've, I've, I'm surprised I've got any hair yes. left. I think I've, I've pulled mine <laughs> out when I've been trying to use that damn thing. That's obviously where you've gone wrong, Greg. Isn't mm. it? Um, <laughs> no, it's been brilliant. So yeah, and then you've got UFO identified website as well. Sorry, uh, Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast website as well, which is Pursuit of the Paranormal Excellent. That's right, isn't it? I just suddenly thought that was wrong. Then Pursuit of the Paranormal <laughs> Yes. 
Excellent. Um, and then you can get all of the US stuff on there. We've got um, the merch store, which we put new designs up quite a lot. Um, the book you can get from there. <laughs> which is, post, is posted free of charge in the UK. So that's, that's the bonus. Try, we can't quite compete with Amazon Prime, but we're getting there. Uh, and that's one good thing. So if if you're listening and you're outside the UK, you can go to your local Amazon site and still get a free Prime. We've had somebody in Vegas order a book and it was there over like two days, Brilliant. which blows my mind that yeah. they can do it that quick. It's insane. Yeah, superb. Uh, excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you both on again. Thanks for for coming on. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, no, we've had we've had a really interesting chat and. Uh, as I say, as soon as we get some more UFO stuff, I'll be uh, I'll be back message, messaging you on uh, Facebook or whatever to say uh, let's, have another, let's have another chat about this because I just get a feeling, as as I'm sure you you guys have, that something more is going to be coming soon. So let's uh, let's all just uh, keep an eye open for for the next lot of interesting information. And as I say, thanks very much. Good luck with all your projects. Good luck with the books. How many you're writing? I've lost count. Um, I'm sure you have as well. But good, good luck with more them than all. we've said. <laughs> <Can't imagine. laughs> um, yeah, no, good luck. Good luck with all your investigations. Good luck with uh, with with your research. Good luck with the books. And uh, hopefully, we'll catch up again soon. Definitely. And welcome back to po- doing some podcasts again. Thank you. Yeah, traumatic doesn't even go into it. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's been great to have it, to have you guys on. So. Yeah, take care. Thank Always you good. Much, and we'll speak again soon. Cheers. Cheers. You can visit my website at www.craigbryant.co.uk. Paranormal Pendle will return, and remember to keep watching the shadows.